And the Yankees win it 5-4 on the day that Derek Jeter collects his 5,000th hit. Good morning, and welcome to episode 321 of Effectively Wild, the daily podcast from Baseball Prospectus. I'm Sam Miller with Ben Lindbergh. How are you, Ben? Okay. We actually were here. All of you who thought we were just bluffing about continuing to do the show. Mm-hmm. Kind of reminded me of that Seinfeld episode where George drives out to the Hamptons pretending that he has a house out there because he doesn't want to get caught in the lie. But but the other people call his bluff, so he just keeps driving out there till he's forced to admit it. So here we are. We're doing it. Mm-hmm. Do you do you think that living in Manhattan, you have a, a a particular appreciation for Seinfeld, or is it the case that when every other show on TV takes place in New York, you just become totally um, uh, immune to it to the effect? Uh, I don't know. I think it's probably universally appealing. There may be some things that are more familiar to me, and I enjoy the the humor a little bit more. But I'm sure I'd like it if I were from somewhere else. I spent a month living in New York once um, in the uh, West Village, and every day I would walk past the balcony that was used as the balcony in Friends, like uh, Rachel and and Monica's balcony, Uh and every single time, every time I would look up like kind of excited, (laughs) (laughs) and I, I, I did wonder like... If I had moved there permanently, as I had considered, like how long it would take before I stopped looking up excitedly. I didn't really watch Friends. Okay, uh, so today <laughs> we're going to talk about the. It's my, it's my, it's my turn to pick a topic. Yeah. We're only doing one, so here we go. This is it. New, new format. Mm-hmm. Today we're going to talk about uh, the Yankees offseason, mm-hmm. uh, and two sort of. I, I kind of brought two topics, even though we're only doing one topic, because they're both quick, I guess. Um, and they're both related. So one is um, that the Yankees re-signed Derek Jeter. Um, did basically it's like a it seems to be an accounting trick uh, to maybe save a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. It's hard to tell uh, while definitely giving him more money. It's like it's almost like they're taking the money that they would have otherwise spent on the luxury tax. And giving it to him, mm-hmm. if I understand it correctly, and then and then sort of they're hoping, I guess, although nobody seems to really know for sure that it might save them a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's sort of an accounting thing to to give to give the money to him instead of to the league, basically, as I understand it. Um, and secondly, uh, R.J. Anderson has his uh, top fifty free agents uh, list uh, article coming out. Uh, Tuesday, and um, I have looked at it, and he has uh, he has pre- predicted where players are going to go, mm-hmm. uh, and and he would acknowledge that this is an almost impossible task that yes. he, like everybody else, is is poor at. Uh, <laughs> I had to force him to do it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but nonetheless, there are players that he is he is he has given to the Yankees. Uh, he has assigned to the Yankees, and I just wanted to mention those and see what you thought a realistic winter would be for the Yankees. Um, so, uh, first off, Jeter, let's say that, that the Yankees had declared, uh, you know, early on that under no circumstances, for some reason, some, I mean, this is a universe where this would make sense, but for some reason they refuse to re-sign Derek Jeter. He is not going to be Yankee under any circumstances. So Derek Jeter becomes a free agent and he, he wants to keep playing 
what do you think he gets from a non-Yankees team? And he's still Derek Jeter. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just not Derek Jeter on the Yankees. What kind of contract does he get? At this point? Uh, I think he gets one year and maybe uh, like eight million. Okay. And almost because I just feel like any team kind of has to give him a like a Derek Jeter boost of some sort. Like I feel like he just well, wouldn't... only if they want to. I mean, they could just let him sign somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I like I can't really imagine him taking a like a bargain basement deal. Like he just like wouldn't wouldn't play instead of just taking. I, I can't currently imagine him as like one of those. Oh, I'll just take it. Cheap deal and prove myself, guys. So, but you, yeah, you can't really imagine him playing for the Yankees either. I mean, I, we're we're imagining that he he is. I mean, yeah, it doesn't matter what he would play for or wouldn't play for. I'm asking what a team would give him. And you think that there's a team out there that would give him eight million dollars? Uh, I wouldn't, but yeah, probably. Um, mm. I, and I don't think he's worth as much to to any other team. I think he's worth more to the Yankees, probably probably quite a bit more, just for for off the field stuff, for selling jerseys or whatever. But um, yeah, I I think he'd get probably he'd still get more than than you'd think he would just based on his projections. Mm-hmm. Um, and just curiosity, I mean, we don't know this. I'm asking you to speculate about what's going on in a man's head. But what do you think his end game is in this career of his? <laughs> like, where? How does this end for him? Uh, I think he long ago said that he wanted to play to forty, and this will be forty, and it will be the the end of a deal. And I, I don't know. I mean, if he comes out and and has a really good season somehow, uh, maybe he'd want to keep playing. And if the Yankees are are competitive, then I guess I could see him kind of continuing like Rivera did, but Rivera was still Rivera. So um, I don't know if he if he isn't so good this season or he struggles with injuries again. I could see him just sort of bowing out. Seems like kind of a a proud proud guy. Probably wouldn't want to have a really long, ugly decline phase. Uh it. It seems like there's, four, I mean, okay, he said he wants to play to 40, but I mean, that's arbitrary, and he's not, you know, he's not stuck with that proclamation, right? He could mm. he could have quit, and it feels like the amount of work right. that I mean, has Roy gone Roy Oswald into, said he was going to retire, right? He was, he was going to retire at 34, <laughs> yeah. he said, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He said he, he couldn't, he couldn't see himself sticking around, and, and all he needed was his tractor. Um <laughs> But it seems like the amount of work that it's taking to come back this time uh, for really unpredictable rewards, um, and I mean, you know, th- it, he he could have very easily packed it in early last year when it when it became clear that it was going to be difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, it seems like there has to be something else he expects to get out of this um, that makes it all worthwhile. And I don't exactly know what that is, and. What I'm going to say next sort of sounds like like kind of cheap, and and I mean I I guess it's more than than it it's going to sound like, but like basically he, I I wouldn't surprise me if I mean he he probably kind of deserves the tour of the league, uh-huh. 
that Chipper Jones and Mariano Rivera got. Uh-huh. Like he wants his rocking chair made out of broken <laughs> bats, maybe. Maybe. Uh, and I don't, I don't begrudge that. I mean, that like you, you get a few moments. I mean, there are very few players that get this. In for one thing. Um, and I don't know, you just get very few moments to like reflect and, and bask in, <laughs> in everybody's unbridled happiness. Now, to some degree, he, I think he got something like that when I think it was his 3000 hits. I remember the, the angels, uh, had like some sort of like ceremony for him when he came into town after his 3000 hits. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, maybe he got his hit. Maybe he feels like he got that, but. Uh, I just I wonder whether he wants the tour, but but then if you want the tour, you need to announce. You don't you, you to get the tour, you have to say early on. So yes. he hasn't he hasn't said anything. He hasn't said that this is going to be his last year. He hasn't, mm-hmm. other than saying that he'd like to play to forty, he hasn't given any indication that this is his last year. Yeah, um, I can't tell if he has come to terms with the situation or not. And, and I don't really want to psychoanalyze the guy, but when I no. When I was at his uh, press conference last year, the first press conference he did at Yankee Stadium, when he kind of he resurfaced after being away rehabbing for a few months after spring training, and this was before he came back, but uh, it was the first time anyone had had an opportunity to ask him how he was and when he would be back, and he was just he sounded like so certain that he was going to be back and that he was going to play at the same level that he had always played at, and I don't know whether that was just sort of a, a facade of, of confidence or whether he literally cannot comprehend um, the idea of, of not being Derek Jeter. So, and maybe that changed after, after the rest of the season and how that went. But the, the only quotes that I've heard from him are just sort of, yeah, I'll, I'll be back next year. There's no, you know, when sometimes when players start aging and they're not playing quite as well, they acknowledge that. And they sort of acknowledge that they're not the same player and they're, you know, dealing with less, fewer physical gifts. And we talked about CC Sabathia being almost depressing about it this year when he talked about how he wasn't, he didn't have the same stuff. So I don't know, Jeter made some comments about how he was kind of weak because he hadn't been able to work out his lower body like he usually does, but he, he never really seemed to acknowledge that he was less than he had before that he wasn't going to come back and be that again so it's possible that he really thinks that way that he has that confidence that got him to this point and hasn't deserted him yet mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right um okay so uh as for the yankees offseason and again this is speculation from a person who uh quite possibly was doing it out of spite uh, and, and cannot be taken in good faith. <laughs> uh, but RJ uh, predicts that the Yankees will re- re-sign Cano. And I apologize to RJ for giving this away a day early, but I don't think he'll mind. Um, re-sign Robinson Cano, sign Nelson Cruz, sign Carlos Ruiz, sign Kelly Johnson. And um, uh, the specifics are impossible, but just want to get your sense of whether that kind of rings true as the sort of offseason you expect the Yankees to have. And if so, um, this seems like a pretty terrible team. Uh, yeah. Um, well, it's, 
I think I think the the part that was spite in RJ's article was when he included the the random number generators <laughs> prediction of <Yes>. where <laughs> that was the spite part. Uh, Spectacular. Yes. <laughs> um, so I don't know the the it seems like there there's there are mixed messages about how they have to stay under this certain amount of money and if they bring back Cano they're I mean they are they are losing quite a bit of payroll and and. People have been writing about our, our friend Annie McCullough a few days ago wrote an article for the Star-Ledger and said Yankees will be busy in offseason, uh, could pursue big-name free agents, and the team intends to be quite active, and uh, he named Tanaka and Cano and Beltran and McCann and Chu and everyone, basically all of the marquee people, uh, which is— random, random number generator, by the way, has Chu going to the Yankees. <laughs> yeah. Just so you know. Right. Um so I, I don't know. It feels like it feels like a, a Yankees offseason always used to feel where they would be linked to everyone at the at the top of the board, basically. And yet there's also this new fiscal restraint thing going on also. Um, and it, it's hard to to imagine them being good, even if they do go out and I mean, if they added everyone that RJ speculated that they would add. Yeah, that's a lousy team. Yeah, still seems sort of... And I don't know whether there's... Do you think there's an element of Red Sox here? Where we wrote off the Red Sox because they had a terrible injury year, but there was still talent there, and then the talent came back and was healthy, and then they supplemented it with some good veteran signings, and suddenly were the best team in baseball? Is that like even a possible outcome for this team? Um... It's, I mean, they certainly. I, guess, I mean, it's. They had terrible always, injury problems. Every. They, they, yeah, they did, but I mean, to some degree, I mean, they had a lot of money injured. Yeah. And maybe I'm diminishing this, but I mean, like, if you look at their injuries, like uh, A Rod missing A Rod at third was significant, but they might not have A Rod this year. They probably won't have A Rod this year. It seems to me. Mm-hmm. Um, they. Didn't have Teixeira, but, you know, like, what What really is Teixeira at this point in his career? They didn't have Granderson, but they're not going to have Granderson back mm-hmm. next year. And uh, they didn't have Jeter, and I don't know that they're, they were worse for it, um, mm-hmm. for what Jeter is right now. And meanwhile, they're losing Pettit and Kuroda in this scenario, mm-hmm. who were, you know, two of their three best pitchers. And they're losing Mariano Rivera. Mm-hmm. So, and did I say Granderson? Yes, yeah, so, yeah. So, and that's the injuries, basically. It was that's the injuries plus yeah, not pitchers, but uh, and maybe maybe you consider Sabathia to be an injury, although sort of he still pitched it's, it's two hundred and eleven innings. To, yeah, uh, it's hard to know how to deal that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, everyone, just about everyone, was on the DL at some point. Like other than Cano and Ichiro, that was about it. Everyone, everyone did some time. Um, but you're right. A lot of those people weren't weren't really so great. Um, so I don't know if they if they were to sign like McCann and over the the Chris Stewart like yeah. Romine like Cervelli combination that they got through the season with last year that would that would seem to be a pretty big upgrade there in one one swoop. Uh, Overbay was was bad, so Teixeira, you expect, would be at least 
I don't know, above average, probably, or at least average, uh, better than over Bay. Um, I, so I don't know. There's, there's, there are, but then again, everyone who's healthy will also be even older than they were last year and even more likely to get hurt and more likely not to play very well. Um, there's a full season of Soriano they'll have, which it maybe kind of helps a little bit. Uh, I, I don't know. It's uh it's a weird, weird team in a weird situation. And they were, and they're well, just, they're, go ahead. Sorry. I don't mean to interrupt. They're, I mean, their Pythag record was 79 and 73. Yeah. Uh, yeah. so they like true talent wise with the, the actual players who were playing probably weren't an 85 win team. Um, they, they kind of, kind of lucked out there even to be that good uh they were they were 30 and 16 in one run games which is really good um so i don't know so yeah give me an off season that would make you excited about this yankees team. <laughs> um i feel like the only way that i get excited about teams anymore is if they do a a youth movement if they have prospects well, all right, let me rephrase. I mean, that would make you excited about their chances for, for 2014. Uh, if they sign everyone? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Uh, like, if they sign if they sign McCann and, yeah. and they sign, I don't know, if they brought back, well, I don't know, if they, like, signed Ellsbury or something and... And moved Gardner to left, and uh, like I don't know, they'd have to they'd have to sign all of the good players. <laughs> yes, they would. Yes, that's, that's I I could like that's what I'm asking you, and I think that's the answer. I mean, I, they do. That's what they have to do. But I mean, the, would you like? I would be excited. I would say if they like like and and this is not necessarily realistic or maybe it is we've lived through some off seasons where this is exactly what happened but like if they signed McCann, Chu, Tanaka and traded for David Price that they'd be exciting right that'd be yeah. an exciting sure <laughs> yeah and, re, and you know and re-signed Cano and maybe signed <laughs> Kelly Johnson as a backup third baseman or something that would be a pretty exciting team Heyman says they're discussing Ellsbury, McCann, and Garza. They've also been connected to Drew, Mahalam, Chu, Tanaka. Uh, so it's just like just like the old days when the Yankees were connected to everyone. Um, I wonder what they're. I wonder in the current situation if they like if they are still if they are still planning to be frugal. I wonder what the um, most kind of profitable message for them to be projecting right now is. And if they are planning to spend and do like what Heyman says and sign everybody, I wonder what the best message is for them. Like, do they have an incentive to lie in either scenario or do they have an incentive to tell the truth in either scenario? Do you think, or do we just not know? Is that, it's too hard to know. About the finances, you mean? Uh, Just about their plans, about like what they are this off season. I mean, I guess there's never really much incentive to say anything, but if, Mm -hmm. Like they're worried about criticism one way or another, or if they're worried about tipping their hand one way or another. Yeah, well, they could, they kind of, they could do like what maybe the Red Sox have done in the past, where they just say that it's like kind of a transition year or something. Like they're still going to try to be competitive, but but they're really laying the groundwork for for some new 
collection of talent. Um, I don't, it's hard to it's hard to see because their their minor league system. I've been I've been writing annual comments. I've been writing Yankees comments over the weekend and before that. And I mean, all of their minor leaguers had disappointing seasons. Almost all, not not everyone. Like you know, DePaula had a good year or something. But all the people who came into the year you know, Gary Sanchez and Mason Williams and all the people who were the touted prospects really kind of stagnated or took a step back. Um, and they had a, a good draft or it was perceived to be a good draft. So so that's nice, but that's many, many years away. Uh, so I don't I don't know what the what the <laughs> what the short term and we've I think we've talked before about how uh like the idea that in New York, there's no such thing as rebuilding. You can't ever say rebuild because the fans will just be outraged and they'll desert you. Um, and I know that all of the all of the Mets fans I know, and granted, maybe they're not the greatest reflection of, of Mets fans in general, but they've always said, please bring on the rebuild. We would welcome that. What we don't want is to get stuck in the middle and keep signing free agents and never having good prospects and just kind of getting caught in between. And so they've always told me like, Oh, of course we'd support a, a rebuilding movement. I don't know whether that works for the Yankees. If there's any team that it doesn't work for, I guess it would be, would be the Yankees. And I don't know. They seemed like they kind of built, they had a model there for a while where they almost had to make the playoffs and, and get the extra money from that because they were spending so much on players. Then again, seems like they they're making so much money that it I, I, we don't even know how much they're making cuz they'll they kind of cook the books a little bit it seems like with how much yes is making as opposed to how much the yankees are making and it's hard to to actually pin pin down how profitable they are but uh it seems like even if they had a down attendance year they they'd probably still be making money um so yeah i don't i don't know where they go from here seems like with any other team with this kind of roster composition, you would be pretty pessimistic about the next few years. With them, there's, I suppose, the chance that they could go out and spend a ton of money. And if they if they have it, then I, I guess they could they could keep it going because they they did. Right. I mean, that was kind of the thing with them, like for the last decade or most of the last decade, they just they sustained this thing by continuing to throw money at at every hole and they would get old but then they'd sign some other old free agent who was still decent and and they would just kind of keep chugging along without really having a lot of new young players to to plug in there it's just yeah, like but, you know we've we've talked about this we is the position of this podcast that that is harder to do now right yeah yes so yeah so either it stopped working or or they I don't know, maybe they got too conservative financially. And once you once you go one winter not throwing the money, then you just you kind of have to keep keep moving, keep keep spending the money to keep that kind of roster going. All right. So uh, prediction, uh, who makes more playoffs? Uh, who has more postseason appearances in the next three seasons, the Yankees or the sum of the Pirates and the Astros? <laughs> Uh, three seasons, you said? Yeah. Uh, I made a previous prediction about the Pirates, right? Five years? Yeah. What did I yeah, say? Yeah, you did. <laughs> to be consistent. 
Who cares? Five years is different than three years. That's true. All right. Uh, okay. Well, I don't. I don't think the Astros will have any. Um, maybe, maybe one at the end there, but probably not. So, I guess I'd still say Yankees. Okay. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. We'll be back tomorrow.